Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am the man of the hour, the man with the power. Too sweet to be sour. AJ Bond, and this is my tag team partner. And I am the sheriff of wrestling, and this is the Free Count Podcast. Hello. <laughs> so yeah, welcome back. <laughs> yeah, welcome back. Well, to be fair, though, you have moved into a new house, so I'll cut you some slack for that. But, uh, cut you some slack for that one. Got peace and quiet as well, now. Yeah, well, yeah, I suppose that's what you did before, isn't it? To get peace and quiet and not get disturbed every five minutes. But Definitely. now that you're back, obviously, we've got a lot of things to catch up on because we have missed a lot of things. Obviously, we're not going to go back and discuss a lot of things that we missed, just relatively what's new, what's happening in the world of wrestling. So, yeah, so I, I think you've got some uh, PowerPoints I think you'd like to share with the class. And obviously we can go through them. Well, first one we'll go is Mustafa Ali wants out of WWE. Um, you know, when he came in after being a police officer, he was quite excited. <clears throat> he was a high flyer, you know, could do a lot of things and stuff. Um and then went on to, you know, he went out with injury, then was going to be the hacker. That storyline was dropped. He Then he teamed up with Retribution, which was crap, to be honest. Yeah, I think with Retribution, when they came in, yeah, they made it like a really, really good impact. But then they all lost. They, 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 all, they all lost all their matches. And even he wasn't the leader of them at the start. Yeah. He came in a bit later, but then he, te- you know, he left Retribution, teamed up with Mansoor or Mansoor, whatever his name is, this guy from Saudi Arabia, teamed up with him, so he became a face. And then just before the Saudi Arabia pay per view, he splits up with him to have a match with him because, you know, he was never going to win, but. Uh, uh, and then, obviously, he wants out. Well, you know, can you blame him with all the crap that he's been put through? You know, you, you'd think that, obviously, with the hacker storyline, you'd think that would have been going somewhere and he would have had a decent push. Yeah, I would say, like, he got pushed to the moon, but, like, a, a decent mid-card run. And then, obviously, that fell through and then he joined Retribution. You think, oh, OK, it's a good stable here, yeah going to make an impact and, you know, they're going to decimate some of the roster and then they go on to lose most of their matches. Yep. If not well, all. Yeah, I was going to say, if not all. Yeah, so that was... They split up. Right. Yeah, but it's, it's just stupid. You know, WWE invested a lot of time in VT's promos the way they're going to look, the way they're going to act, the way, you know, they're going to make their debut and mark that they're going to leave just to go, ah, well, you know, we ain't really got anything for you guys. Um, here's a couple of matches and obviously you're not going to win. Yeah. I think, like I say, it was, you know, he was a good wrestler. Um, if he gets granted his release by WWE, wherever he goes, he's going to be... Well, you'd think he'd be booked better anyway. Uh, it go... 
if Mustafa Ali gets his release and granted, ego, I see him impact within a couple of months, two, three months, X Division champion. Yeah, he could easily jump to impact. I mean, let's be honest, AEW have got a stack roster and half of their. Um, oh, AEW's got a very, very stacked roster and a lot of it, you know. A percentage of it is made up of former WWE talent. Now, when AEW started, it was mainly Ring of Honor, New Japan talent, some indie guys, and then they started getting the bigger names coming through from WWE, which is okay. But then you start hearing the comparisons to, well, it's just like WWE brought in a lot of WWE wrestlers. It's going down that way. You know what? I'm going to say this now, okay? It might be very similar to what WCW did, 96, 97, 98, by bringing in NXW wrestlers, and even like the 99, sort of 2000. Uh, got a lot of lower-tier wrestlers coming in from WWE. Yep. They're nothing like WCW. Yes, all right, they're presentation-wise, very much like WCW. Storyline-wise... Very much like 97 to 98 WWE or WWF. Their matches are pretty much a mixture of WCW with the high flying, high spots, get people involved, people standing on their feet, clapping, cheering, to ECW, you know, where they had the Barboy death match with John Moxley and Kenny Omega. Well, they exploded by a wide death match, even though that was a flounder at the end, but the actual match was really good. To uh, Ty Conti, was in the tight team match. Uh, was it Rampage or AEW? You know, fucking mm. Crimson Mask, putting through tables, thumbtacks, glass shards. So, yeah. that, uh, you know, AEW is a blend of every wrestling company at some point in a decade where that company was at their peak. So, peak WWE, peak WWE and peak ECW. What I was told, or heard, shall I say, what I heard, um, is AEW is WCW, but doing it right. Whereas WCW did things wrong, which was always had Hogan and everybody else. They're now doing it right by, yes, they've got like the older guys like Chris Jericho, CM Punk, and you know, they've got Omega and Rhodes and the books, and they've brought in Adam Cole and Dan- <laughs> Brian Danielson and Ruby Soho. But they also do the likes of um, Jungle Boy, MJF, mm. you know, Wardlow, you know, FTR. Lucha Brothers, they're all getting spots. Yes, a lot of the talent don't necessarily always make TV, but they are bringing it. You know, they, they're not doing the WCW right buying all the old talent. They've brought old talent, but they're also bringing in younger stars for the future. So yeah. when the likes of Jericho, CM Punk, and go, they've already got other guys that can step into their place. Oh, that's true. I want to make it clear now. I want to make it too clear, well, clear for people who's going to listen to this. The reason why WCW failed 
it wasn't because they were overspending money. They weren't making money back. It was because the fact that they gave the top tier wrestlers, Hogan, Nash, Hall, Goldberg, all guaranteed contracts and all creative control. That's where you're wrong. That was the first bit of the downfall. The second bit was the merger of Time Time Warner and AOL. Yeah, that was all the death now. I think that was down to, obviously, you know, when AOL bought Time Warner and they looked at what they they were spending and what they were making. And to to be fair, WCW was making a profit. The only problem was AOL didn't want it on their channel. Now, when they were working (laughs) alongside Turner Broadcasting... Ted Turner had a say in it, and that's why it managed to sit on TV as long as it did. Once AOL overtook Time Warner and Ted Turner had no say, mm. the WCW was always going. It was the, oh, yeah. big, the first thing that they wanted to get rid of. In my opinion, you know, I think WCW started to go downhill probably mid to late 2000, in my opinion. Because even in 2000, you had some pretty good fucking matches. You had Booker T pretty much, you know, gunning for the world title, if not holding the world title. You had uh, Kidman in a good feud with Hogan. All right, you know, do you, should you really put Kidman in that position with Hogan? But maybe not, but it made for good TV. It was a good storyline. They had, I think, three matches. Yeah, four. And even and Hogan even put him over in one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think Hogan put him over in a couple. I think. I think Hogan I won won the rubber match, the the pay per view match. Um, but I think Kidman had the best of a couple of times on TV. You know, it was, it was only until after that then obviously the series started to go down the pan because you had a lot of wrestlers leaving WCW to go to WWE or WWF at the time. But in my opinion, now looking at WWE. Maybe. That's like late WCW, around about 2000-2001 era, because people just want their release, people just want to go, people aren't getting used, or they're getting repackaged into completely different characters. Yep. And you just, you just got to think, well, what's going on over there? You know, I know they've got the creative team and my man doesn't have much to do with the day-to-day running as much unless he decides to completely scrap, you know, the, the schedule for the show and then just redoes it. But a lot of people have said that, you know, my man is out of touch now. I don't think he's... He sort of knows what's going on in today's wrestling, and especially with, obviously, the people that he's got surrounded around him, I think they're also out of touch as well because they're trying to rehash shit from fucking 94, 95 era of WWE where, you know, for example, you had uh, uh, Bastion Booger. Bastion Booger was obviously Bastion Booger, but then he also played uh, Friar Ferguson, I think. Or was Friar Ferguson first and then Bastion Booger? I think he was Bastion Booger afterwards. Yeah. Uh, but then you had the people like fucking Mantar and uh, Man Mountain Rock in there and you had Duke the Dupes the Drozzy and you just had people there just for the sake of being there 
and you, you're trying to wrap your head around and thinking, okay, how was that really a gimmick? He's a fucking trash man. Okay, how was that a wrestling gimmick? Don't mean they never got over. I, I thought it was actually pretty good, but the hog farmers, uh, <laughs> uh, the smoking guns, fucking two cowboys. And I think you, you see that sort of now in, in, in WWE, they would take someone and see how it works for a while. Well, okay, they ain't working with change. You're now this. And here you get on, on with that. And then that don't work. Okay, we'll put you to this character. And I think that's all. They just run out of ideas. And then you, you, you don't do nothing. Well, yeah, that, that will be, we'll lead on in a minute to the next thing. Because obviously, it's exactly that. But going back to Mustafa Ali and stuff. Yeah, he'll get work. Yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, he could even go back to being a police officer. Whichever one he decides to do, he's got the talent to succeed in Impact. Okay. If AEW won him, obviously, um, that's fine as well. Because yeah. um, wherever he wants to go, but going on about um, no creative stuff for people, Finn Balor. That uh, was a. Uh, I heard today that, as I, I spoke to you earlier, um, he's just a filler guy for WWE. He yeah. moved into Austin Aries on Raw. Um, Austin Aries, I mean Austin Theory. That's the one, Austin Theory. Yeah. Yeah, Austin Theory. Um, but yeah, um. Obviously, WWE just think he's a filler guy. AEW, they don't want AEW to have him, although I'm sure if AEW got the chance to, they'd snap him up straight away. Um, but obviously, it's like, if you're stopping AEW from getting him, but you've got no creative for him, and you know AEW is going to make him a big star with storylines, why don't they just do it themselves? Yeah. Oh, that's it. Uh, I'm going to take it back. I'm, I'm... Years and years ago, well, decades, but I say early 80s, when obviously doing the big talent raid of all the territories, you know, you got people like Hulk Hogan from the AWA. Mm-hmm. You got uh, Macho Man from Memphis. But they came in as Hulk Hogan. They came in as, you know, Macho Man Randy Savage. So people who already knew them before, when they came into WWE, oh, okay, I remember. I remember seeing him on AWA, you know, he was wrestling fucking Nick Bockwinkle for the bout. Okay, I know who that guy is. And I think that's where WWE goes wrong sometimes because, all right, bar AJ Styles, he actually he's come in as AJ Styles. But Finn Balor was massive in New Japan pro wrestling yep. as Prince Devitt. Massive. Founded the Bullet Club. Yep. Went on a huge fucking... Uh, streak in Japan was over. Over like Rover. Comes to the WWE, Finn Bella. Where the fuck's Finn Bella? I, well, I know that's Prince Debit, but what are you calling him Finn Bella? I think like WWE don't like to use their over like back in the eighties obviously people like Hogan and Macho Man and everyone else that came beforehand, they obviously would know. So it was right, leave them as who they are because People know who these people are. They know these names. Obviously, now that WWE 
is like the biggest wrestling company in the world. Um, they obviously like to like make their own characters, and I think although you know Finn Balor was widely hugely popular uh, as Prince Devitt, they obviously want to make people think that now they've come to WWE, they're somebody new. Like WWE could easily with Braun Breaker, they could have easily had him by his real name, which oh, would be Steiner. Yeah, that's another thing that does my head in. And you that's see. what WWE do. They like they want now. You know, they're using their their um, NXT is going to be the developmental brand again, but it's also going to be from college students that have only been trained the WWE way, so they can. Yeah name change people they they're all set to w how wwe likes to do things like instead of keeping the match flowing trash talk your opponent in the ring because that's what they do a lot of um and do stuff like that and you know it's it's like with walter you know it, you, i know we were going to talk weren't going to talk about this bit but like now he's gone for i can't remember, <laughs> the, can't remember the last name but it's a nazi bloody person from world war Two. And, and then they found out Hyderite. Hyderite was going to come in as a fucking frozen Nazi World War II soldier. Yeah, and the, you know it's like okay, we've you know we've moved past times of the Nazis and that. Yes, they were in our case they were the bad people, but they were only taking orders from someone else. Oh, yeah. Um, but you know what? You, you know, know what it boils down to: if man doesn't own it, he can't fucking print money on it. Hmm. And that's what it is. That's why there's all these name changes because it's a McMahon, you know, style that if he doesn't own it originally, he can't make money off it. He can't print money. So well, the best with, the name, with the name was, changes, that's how you can do it. But Walter was his creation. And the best of it is, Walter's bloody Austrian. He's not even German. Ah, it fucking makes no sense. Makes but sense. yeah, going back to Finn Balor. Yeah. If he left, which I think he might just let his contract run out, I think he's going to enjoy very nice success at the other company, AEW, because let's be honest, there's people over there he can have matches with like Adam Cole, Kenny Omega. Um, Cody Rhodes, Malachi Black. There's lots of names over there. Oh yeah, you can have a ton of great matches in AEW. Fantastic matches with. So what I think would, what I say now is, is I, would, I would like to see him in AEW, but I think first, probably the best thing for Finn Balor to do if he ever does get his release is to do another tour of Japan, and then come to AEW. Let AEW um, get rid of, you know, get through some of their major storylines. And then when you've not got anything, you know, on the back burner, oh, Finn Balor's been released. He went to New Japan. He's doing a tour over there. We've still depends got a good on, work relation with him. Depends on who comes in first. New Japan might be like, well, you know, we do, we've got everything we want at the moment. So, you know, go do two years in AEW, say. Yeah. Or wherever, and then come back to us, and we'll, you know, in the meantime, between now and you, your contract with AEW or something, we can um, come up with a plan or something. Yeah, it's just, it's ever how it goes. 
even though where he is at the minute in terms of card structure for WWE, I can't really see my man letting him go. Yeah, right, his contract might expire and they'll probably forget about it. And then you might not want to renegotiate. Mm. That's if he gets to that sort of stage where they don't realise. Because I, I think now, I think now they're, they're going to start realising when most people's contracts are up. You know, you can't be a billion dollar company and not realise when your fucking employees' contracts up. You know, yeah, someone's they, be on top of that. They um, actually are on top of that because obviously after Adam Cole, they forgot about Adam Cole's contract. They knew that Kyle O'Reilly and Johnny Gargano's was up. Um, but And they tried to get them to stay. Gargano signed just to do war games and the one after and then left. And Kyle O'Reilly contract, he didn't even extend it. He just finished off war games and that was it. He, They both knew that they were going. Kyle O'Reilly oh, yeah. knew exactly where he was going and that was the team up with Adam Cole and Bobby Fish. And yeah. they got a... AEW are doing Dynamite or no Beach Bash, I think it's called next week, and it's in the hometown of Johnny Gargano. Okay, that's gonna be good then. So Johnny Gargano might make an appearance, um, in AEW, but yeah, um, Finn Balor, I'd love to see in AEW. I don't watch WWE, I just read through the highlights and watch reviews, but AEW. Dynamite and Rampage, I do sit down and watch. Um, it's a much better product, obviously. Yes, we get it. We get um, Dynamite said on a Wednesday in America. We get it Friday night. And Rampage is done Friday night in America. We get it Tuesday night. But it's still a good watch. Better than oh, anything yeah. that we are putting on right now. AEW is a good watch. Now, I don't want people to listen to, to this and think we're, we're solely bashing on WWE. If it wasn't for WWE or WWF, I wouldn't be the wrestling fan I am today. I wouldn't have got in wrestling if it wasn't for WWF. Now, there's been periods in times where, yeah, I haven't watched WWE or WWF at a period of time because, you know, it just wasn't appealing to me. I think 97... Yeah, I think late 96, early 97, so around about uh, 98, 99, I was primarily watching WCW. Yeah, sometimes I might watch Raw. I so would... Primarily um, WCW. I would record both... Well, I would record WCW and watch WWF. WWF was my favourite over the two. Although when I look back now, even during the Attitude Era, I thought the Attitude Era era was like the best part of wrestling and to, it still is to me in terms of WWE but Jericho said it right in um, it was the Monday Night War show that they've got on the WWE Network and they basically, he said he goes the lead up to the main event, WCW had the better matches, you know you had your high flyers, cruiserweights you know, all leading up to the main event but then oh, yeah, when you then got you to the main event, then you had to stack the cards, yeah. Yeah, when you got to the main event, it was always Hogan, Nash, Scott Hall, and all that. Whereas, so uh, if you put WCW's first bit of the show, which was the best bit, and had WWE's main event at the time, you had a great show because obviously Austin, Taker, Kane, Triple H, Rock were putting on better matches than 
the older guys on the other show. So obviously, Jericho said, you know, and now we're looking back on it and watching old things of WCW and stuff, their matches were better in terms of the high-flying, you know, cruiserweights into the United States Championship and all the hardcore TV title or them. But when you got to the main event, WWE was much better at it. Yeah, there's comparisons to draw from each company. You know, you could say that WWE back in the day had a better tag team division than what WWE had at the time. Um, even now, going back, looking at the tag team division now, stacking up against WWE's tag team division, fucking no comparison well, to it. Let's be honest. AEW have got the tag team division. WWE have a tag team division that consists... I couldn't even name eight teams off my head without looking them up. I know, I know they've got um, the Street Profits. Yeah. Um, Ziggler and Rude are a tag team. Yeah. Um, Chad Gable's in, uh, Gable in the tag team, really. Yeah, Chad Gable's in one with Otis, the Alpha yeah. Academy, and you've got the Usos and the New Day. I, I don't know what's going yeah. on with Riddle and Randy Orton. I don't know if they've split up. Amos and AJ Styles have split up recently. Yeah. Um, well, I know uh, Riddle and obviously Randy Orton, they've just dropped the belts. Gable and Otis. Yeah, Gable and Otis, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, like I said, I'm just... With wrestling, there's always something going on, but... WWE get the the bad headlines for some for most things. Uh, going on to the next thing that's on, obviously now that Finn Balor's probably on his way out after his contract, we will... is where where will Regal and Road Dog end up? Oh uh, yeah, you mentioned this the other day. Yes. Uh, so it came to like probably what, about a week now that obviously Regal and uh, Road Dog had. Uh, Part ways with WWE. Um, I think it's more. Yeah, I think it's more. Yeah, all sacked. We, we can say that. We'll just say part ways. We'll, we'll, we'll give WWE something nice. We'll say part mm. ways. Um, but it was more aimed. Everything that you've seen, all the reports, was more aimed towards Regal because obviously Regal being an on screen presence compared to Road Dog. Not saying nothing wrong against Road Dog, but you know, Road Dog was great, coming from a good family. Um, you know, his brother Brad Armstrong, his dad Bullet Bob Armstrong, good wrestlers. Um, but I think with Regal, obviously, because he was the general manager, wasn't he? So obviously, yeah. he was more seen on screen, whereas Road Dog worked backstage with Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Yeah, but I know that. Um, obviously, what what's going on in, in NXT at the moment is getting rid of everything that's Triple H. That's basically what they're doing, and. The only one left is Shawn Michaels. But this um, is the thing. It worked. It worked for so long. Yeah, all right. You know, they went head-to-head with AEW. But that was sort of the, the wrong show to put up against AEW because AEW, you know, they're, show, all right, they're, they're not a long-standing company. They've been around now, I think, what, uh, uh, 2016, 17? I think they've been around three three, four years, something like that. So it's not long in the scheme of yeah, things. Yeah, no. Uh, in the grand scheme of things. So, you know, them putting up against it, do you thinking, okay, yeah, NXT's been around since 2012. 
roughly. I want to say 2012. Someone probably point out to me that I'm wrong, but I'm going to say 2012 was actually when it actually became a wrestling show and not like a tryout show where you yeah. had the pros and the. Oh yeah. Alright, so we say 2012 when it when it actually became a show and not some fucking tough enough rip off. Um, they put up against that thing and obviously, the, oh yeah, we, you know we start a company. Yeah, they got money behind them, but we've been around longer. People are going to watch this more. And at the start, yeah, it was sort of neck and neck. But then AEW just took off. No, you think... can't. You can't blame Triple H for that. That's Triple H. That's not Triple H's decision to put a show up against another show. He doesn't have that say. Mm. That's going. That's ultimately the man in the network. I mean, I think Triple H want obviously wanted to go onto TV because the only way you could watch NXT was through the network. Um. But uh, so obviously Triple H obviously was must have been in talks with MacMan to get the um, NXT on the TV, but obviously putting it neck and neck against AEW, an upcoming uh, wrestling promotion. You know, you think WWE? Okay, you know we've got the stars. You know they did have all the indie stars at the time. We could make a go at this, but AEW just with having people like the um, what are the brothers' names? The Young Bucks. Oh, the Young Bucks, Matt Jackson, Cody Rose. Yeah. They have Kenny Omega, Kenny Adam Omega. Page, and then Chris Jericho joining, and John Moxley joining, and all these other people joining. It's like before you know it, people are like, "Well, hang on a minute." Like back in WCW times when Scott Hall came through the crowd. Yeah, and it's like, hang on a minute, he's a WWF guy. What's yeah. he doing on WCW? Is WWF invading a uh, invading WCW? WCW? And it's now just the opposite. Is it is it WWE or invading AEW? Yeah. Well, this is the thing. You know, you take NXT, which is a third tier show, because it's definitely behind Raw and SmackDown. Because Raw's your first tier oh. show, SmackDown's your second tier show, and then obviously NXT's a third tier show. Tier show. And putting it up against a company at, at the time, who's only got Dynamite, which is their first tier show, Ooh. it doesn't sort of stack up. Now, obviously, what's going on, I'm trying to do everything to erase Triple H's legacy from NXT. I don't think that's fair because Triple H put a lot of time in that. That was yep. his, his thing, it was his passion. And obviously they've they've done away with that, and it's now a McMahon presentation of NXT, which is fucking rubbish. But what they should do NXT is they should have just kept it on the network. Keep it on network, fine. I think they wanted it on TV to give people the exposure to. The likes of Karrion Cross, mm-hmm. to Keith Lee, to Adam Cole, uh, Roderick Strong—you know all these people that you'd only, if unless you paid nine ninety nine a month for the network, you would never see them. So that's why I think the plan was to put it on. Now they, I think they went on for, on the network first on USA before AEW came in, but since they went head to head with AEW, it literally. NXT won one week out of every other, uh, like oh, yeah. out of all the weeks. There was only one week 
NXT beat AEW every other week. AEW smashed NXT. Oh, yeah, but NXT before, it was never on a Wednesday, was it? Because it went to Wednesday to go up against AEW. What was it on originally? Was it a Friday? I think it was on, I can't remember the day, but I know it was on the network on the day, I think it was Tuesday, where okay, it is now. Tuesday. I could be wrong, but I think it was Tuesday. And then when they went on air, they went to Wednesday, knowing AEW was going there. Oh, yeah. So they tried to take the audience first. And then it bit them in the ass, basically, because AEW took over everything. But yeah, I think, um, yeah, everything NXT, that was Triple H's NXT. McMahon's got rid of black and gold. It's now this colourful shit. Uh, cruiserweight title I found out has been unified with the North American Championship it's been unified yeah so they got rid of the, the cruiserweights no more because obviously Vince, Vince doesn't like midgets he wants big strong sweaty guys that can headline Wrestlemania so oh, high flying talent that we see you're probably not going to see it on WWE TV anymore yeah. Um, but yeah we'll start with William Regal he yep. has been contacted by Impact, um, but nothing else has come out about where or what he's going to do. Now, I know both of them tweeted on Twitter about not having a bad word said against WWE because it mm-hmm. saved their lives. Yeah. Um, but I think, I do think Regal, as we said yesterday, um, I think Regal will possibly go to Impact Wrestling and be like, a general manager type of thing over there. Oh, yeah. I think it'd be definitely a general manager. It'd be some sort of on-screen presence mm. for Impact. Yeah. I think I think he'll go. You know, he's... The only the only thing that about it was Triple H told William Regal that he would never be let go from NXT because, obviously, Triple H really trusted what he could do and stuff. Yeah. And then, obviously, Triple H you know, is recovering after the cardiac arrest. I, I, I think it's something to do with his heart. I know that for sure. Um, and obviously Regal goes, but at the same time that Regal goes, Road Dog goes. And before that, a lot of other people have gone. Head writers and stuff. The head, the head writer for NXT, I don't know his name or anything, but he got let go as well. And I'm thinking NXT had good storylines when you had the indie stars there. With, under Triple H, even before that, you know, building up to, with the four horsewomen and stuff, you had everything. Triple H was a wrestler. He knows how to get the best out of people. Vince doesn't, and again, out of touch with everything. Oh, but I think what it brought down to NXT is, is obviously it wasn't the WWE way of wrestling because all these guys came from indie promotions. They had that sort of mentality of wrestling, very quick, Apparently, very fast-paced, very high-flying. Well, they sent them to the Performance Centre, didn't they? That yeah. was what the Performance Centre was about, was to get them to fight the WWE way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Regal, Impact, Road Dog. As I said to you yesterday, he's got more ties to like AEW with Billy Gunn being there, you know, best friends in real life and stuff. Um, always together. I don't think they'll he'll ever wrestle again. Um, 
if he doesn't go to AEW, they might want his creative things in Impact. I mean, Impact are always looking to take somebody on to get themselves better. Um, But I think Regal is more likely to go to Impact. And if Road Dog does go back into wrestling, depending on what his relationship is with Billy Gunn, I think he might end up there as a like a head writer or something, not or might just be the gun club manager. That's a possibility. Time will tell on that one. Rodog and Billy Gunn always seem to find a way back to each other. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's very true. They always do. One thing one thing while we were talking about the performance centre as well is again today I heard that you know Scotty Suharty was working at the performance centre. Yeah. Well, apparently Vince McMahon, you know, so you don't see these people. You know, we don't see them. They just train the wrestlers. But apparently they had to um, dye their hair to look younger. So all the people, like with grey hair, had to dye their hair to look younger in the performance centre. Now, how does Albert do it? He has no freaking hair. Well, yeah, he's got none. He's bold. Exactly. Green, but, bold as a baby's ass. But Scotty Too Hotty was told, or has leaked it, that WWE want everyone in the performance centre to um, shave the, uh, to be clean shaven and dye their hair or dye their beard as well to make them look younger. And as people say, why? Because we don't see these people. Yeah, we don't see them. They never make an appearance on TV. So what's the point? What's the point of doing all this? You don't see them. It's not like Scotty Tokyo is coming out and and having a match. Well, Scotty Tokyo's left. I know that. But I know that, yeah, apparently that's what they're doing. They want everyone to look younger. But then you've got Vince McMahon on TV who looks like, you know, a fossil and slurring his words in promos with Austin Theory. That's telling everybody at the performance centre to look younger by um, dyeing their hair and stuff. Well, the thing is, with mm. man's mentality now, is why sign a guy who's probably got five, maybe ten good years left in him when you can get someone who's probably got 15, 20 years? So they're looking at a long investment now in people, which is fair enough. You want to invest in someone for the long term, that's good. Providing that you use them correctly, but yeah. there's so many you, you you can't just start and hiring people that have got no credibility to their name that or just coming out of wrestling school or just decided to get into wrestling. Well, they're taking people from college, aren't they? They've got a college graduation thing with these people that go into wrestling and then they'll go to the performance center where. They train on the WWE way and then they'll go on to NXT. Now, to me, NXT was indie guys that you couldn't see, especially that we're in the UK. Yeah. Like on these other, like on the USA Network or TNT, we can't see these things because we don't get them. No. So we only have to like watch what we can when we can. And like I said, it's always on the stupid clock in the morning over in the UK. Um, so there's that but um, yeah they've got the grad students that will be like I said they come out of college they go to 
um, NXT. And obviously, like I said, you, you're not going to know any of them. No. And this is the thing. You can take someone out of college, you can train them how to wrestle, and you can push them to be a star. Now, in my mind, you're not a well-known or at least a household name until you've been everywhere. Once you've been everywhere, I mean you've wrestled an indie company in front of fucking 10 people or hundreds of people or even a thousand or 2,000 people to then doing maybe a tour of Japan, wrestling for other promotions and then going to a big company like WWE, like AEW. Then, yeah, then you're a household name. Then you can try and say this person is a star because they've paid the dues, they've wrestled for fucking next to nothing or to bomb gas down the road to becoming where they are now. But that takes time. And obviously, you see some of these people that get into wrestling, they get into wrestling when they're young, they get into wrestling when they're about 15 or 18 or even in their early 20s. And by the time they become a star, they're in their 30s, mid-30s at least, but they're a star. They've still got a couple of good years left in them. I want to point a fact out to you, yeah? So, a long time ago, I was watching Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast on YouTube. Someone called in saying, can you become a wrestler at the age of 30? Now, Stone Cold Turner said, you can't because obviously your age... Uh, obviously, you're never taking a bump and all that sort of stuff. And obviously, companies might not invest in you because of your age and how long you can mm. have a good run on top. Right. A, I think that's absolutely bollocks. If you look at people that have started the career in their 30s, perfect example, fucking DDP. DDP didn't start wrestling until he was in his mid-30s and became a household name. I think he was 35 when he started wrestling. Yeah, and on the next episode, we're going to cover this. I'm going to get the list somewhere. I'll get it up and we'll talk about this in the next episode about wrestlers that have started in their 30s or if not mid-30s and went on to have either a decent run or a very good run. And anybody that's listening to this, if you're in your 30s, your late 20s, you know, you're pushing 40, you know, if you go out there and do it, do it. I think if you're a wrestler and you've worked around, I mean, the indie scene is bigger than it's ever been at the moment with a lot of free talent being pushed around. Like GCW is becoming bigger as it, you know, as a promotion. Um, you, you can be a wrestler when you're older. Obviously, you won't be working for WWE because they're looking for 25 and younger for both oh, males okay. and females. Um AEW, unless you're a well-known name, you you might get on Dark or Dark Elevation. Yeah, but they'll put you on there. But that's the only way I see you getting into those two promotions. I don't. I'm not a big fan of New Japan. I've not watched much of it. I've watched some of it. I don't oh, think. I don't think you're going to get a chance there either, unless again you're a well-known wrestler. But then you'd have to would have worked. For New Japan, AEW, or WWE, and if you're not getting your chances in them, the chances are you're in the, you're going to just be on the indie scene. But the indie scene is picking up at the moment. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of free agents. WWE have let a lot of people go that are on the indie scenes. I mean, you've also got Impact as well out there, but you've also you know, and 
the fact that Ring of Honor let go of everybody. <laughs> you know, it kind of everybody's on the indie scene. Um, last thing before we talk about Royal Rumbles and quickly touch on this that WWE wants Britt Baker. Not going to happen, not in a million years. No, Britt Baker openly turned around and said that you can't trust the other company. No, you can't. You can't. You could be best thing straight away and then, you know, you get dropped. I mean, if, you know, for the past couple of weeks I've seen that um, WWE have been interested in MJF, they've been interested in Wardlow, and now Britt Baker. But the problem, like Britt Baker said, is they can promise you everything. But the moment you're in that door, everything changes. Oh, yeah. See, if that was me, if I was someone that WWE really, really wanted, unless it was in black and white and I sign on it, that I was granted a good run, good push, all of this, then, you know, I wouldn't sign it. And I know my man says, you know, we don't offer guarantees, we offer opportunities. Fuck that. If it's not in black and white, I'm not coming. Because why would well, I leave a company where, at the minute, someone like Brett Baker, who is a women's champion and on a good run, to go to a company and have the promise of being a women's champion in, in that promotion, for it to might never happen, might not ever come, and then suddenly you find you, yourself falling down the card and you're in NXT. You don't get past Charlotte or Becky. Well, yeah, if you go to WWE. Oh, there you go. That's my that's my opinion. You won't get past Charlotte or Becky. Britt Baker last night on Dynamite teamed up with Adam Cole to take on Chris Statlander and Orange Cassidy. Yeah, they won. Adam Cole and Britt Baker. And Britt Baker is now in store, like the week before, she turned up, um, you know, she comes out now with Adam Cole and O'Reilly and stuff. Yeah. When she attacked Chris Statlander, because Adam Cole was about to do the boom on Orange Cassidy and Statlander came in the way. And then um, Britt Baker came running down and attacked her. And then um, after that, um, she then they announced this um, match for last night's Dynamite, but she also accompanied to the ring on Rampage when he faced off against Trent from the Best Friends. Um, so yeah, when you put it all together, Britt Baker's in the best position she can be in any wrestling company at the moment. And if you go to WWE, you know you may beat Liv Morgan and Natalia and people like that, but as soon as you get to Becky and Charlotte, your run ends, because Becky and Charlotte, I'm guessing in Vince's eyes, are the best women wrestlers that he's got, because even Sasha Banks doesn't get a good run like Becky and Charlotte and Ida's Bailey, but yet Sasha and Bailey are just as good as wrestlers, possibly younger than Charlotte, because Charlotte's, I think, the oldest out of the four of them, and no one ever seems to take, you know, and if they do lose the title, they get it back instantly. Yeah, it it's all comes down to power players, isn't it? Obviously, Charlotte and Becky are probably on yeah. really, really good terms with man. You know, they've probably got one fucking speed dial. Um, <laughs> they're not going to give up their spot. And if 
Yeah, that person would be in that spot for very long before they come back again. I think with Charlotte, it's her name. Obviously, although the flair name is being trashed at the moment due to Dark Side of the Ring with the plane ride from Hall and everything. But obviously, everyone knows who Charlotte is and Becky being married, I think, to Seth Rollins. I know, I know yes, Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins yes, yes. And they've got a baby. I just didn't know if they were married <laughs> or not. But I'm thinking, uh, while well, Seth Rollins is a big okay, name. Like, we don't know if they are married, but they, they've had a kid together and they are a couple. Like so. They are together, yeah. for definite, and they've had a baby. But with Seth Rollins being a big mainstay on the roster, and I don't think he's going to be going to AEW, um, Becky Lynch obviously has the leverage there of, you know, well, give me the title or me and Seth are off. So the power plays, there's a lot of it in WWE. To, to be fair, though, you know, Becky's got more of a leg to stand on probably at the minute than what Seth Rollins does. She's she's probably got more of a stroke in terms of demands than what Seth Rollins has. Well, you, Seth's you know, going for the Universal title at WrestleMania, uh, uh, Royal Rumble. Fucking not going to win it. Not going to win it, but... Shut, um, not going to win it, but to be fair, if anyone can beat Roman, it's Seth Rollins. He's done it before. And if they want to have Brock Lesnar, because they want Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns for WrestleMania for the Universal title, now that means either Brock's got to lose the WWE title to Bobby Lashley, or Roman Reigns has got to lose his title to Seth Rollins. <laughs> now, if they want Raw to get ratings, they have, they're going to keep Brock Lesnar champion because people tune in to watch Brock Lesnar. Oh, yeah. You know, I think Roman what might Reigns, happen is Roman Reigns. Yeah, Roman Reigns will thing. keep the top, keep the belt. They have their match at WrestleMania. Reigns versus Lesnar, belt for belt. Lesnar wins. Uh, unifies wow. the two belts. Gets rid of the universe belt because I've never got the fucking concept of the universe. So if you've got a world, and mm. you can defend that around the world. And then you've got a universal bout, unless you're going out into space and fighting on fucking Mars, that bout means nothing. Well, if you go by what Dave Meltzer says, and you know, he does have a lot of info, and other people have backed him up on this one, is they don't want battle for battle at WrestleMania. I mean, anything can change with Vince, but as it stands at the moment, there will be no battle for battle. He's still intending on keeping the brand split apart and two world champions. So one of them will either lose the belt or when it comes to WrestleMania, it'll just be which brand is superior with the champion. That's what I think will happen. More would be a case of, because obviously as it stands at this moment in time, so, you know, if you listen to this in about four months and I'm wrong, <laughs> But as it stands, there is uh, no plans on them unifying the title. I mean, it would be better because you can get rid of the brand split because they've already got any people to be on each brand. Yeah, that's true. You know, but but talking about WWE again, uh, so the last thing that we'll talk about today, as it's my pay-per-view, my best pay-per-view, I don't know what your take on it is, but it's Royal Rumble month. It is Royal Rumble month. We're in the season of Royal Rumble. 
Anything can happen. Well, the road to WrestleMania starts at the Royal Rumble. And well, obviously, yeah. the Royal Rumble is the best. Pay, like, not so much the matches that they have, but the actual Royal Rumble matches. Something I'm always been interested in. And I think I think people just watch it for the surprises, don't they? I watch it for the surprises. Exactly, and I think like, we know the women has a lot of women. We know Mickey James is in the women's, the Bella Twins, Summer Rae, Kelly Kelly, Michelle McCool. They're all coming back to be in the. Thing Elite has rejoined. Beth Phoenix has appeared on the main roster, so they're probably gonna, um, you know, be in the Royal Rumble. But the men's, did you say there was only seven announced? Uh, they've got sixteen left to announce. Ah, so there's fourteen done. But this is the yeah. thing: they they obviously want some big names, and they're keeping it hush hush. But yeah. you can guarantee you'll probably get someone like Kane come in. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I think I've got it. Here. Let's have a look. So the thirty men Royal Rumble match. These are the people that are announced so far, and this is coming from Wrestling Headline. So again, take it with a pinch of salt. It might be right, it might be wrong, but Austin Theory, Rey Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio, uh, Montez Ford, Angelo Dawkins, Sheamus. The United States champion Damian Priest, AJ Styles, Biggie, Kofi Kingston, Sami Zayn, Mad Cat Moss, Happy Baron Corbin, and that is it. Yeah, there's not a lot. Well, out of the ones you've read, you can probably say that someone like Ziggler and Rude are going to be in that as well. Oh, yeah, they're probably in that. Um... I don't know who else, really, because I can't even think of WWE. I mean, you might, they might, Jinder Mahal, he's still around, isn't he? Mm-hmm. You've got Drew McIntyre, if he's free from the injury, he'll probably appear there. Uh, the Usos. Yeah, they're throwing a couple in there as well, just to bulk it out. So you yeah, they didn't want Braun Breaker in there and Walt Wurl or Gunther, as he's known as. I don't think they'll put. Braun Breaker in there, I think he'll think but they could have Imperium come out. I mean, they're looking for surprises. They've probably got a few lined up. Like, obviously, what I would have done with the women's one is I would never have announced Mickey James was entering. You'd get a bigger pop people watching the Royal Rumble when Mickey James' music's hit, and you're like, hang on a minute, she's the knockouts champion. You'll get more of a pop out of that, then they now know she's going to be in it. So yeah, it's just waiting for what just, To get people to, you know, get the network and watch the event by saying, oh, yeah, Mickey James is going to be in this. Yeah, all right, no, nothing against Mickey James. I like Mickey James. You could have probably picked someone better because I'm sure last year Mickey James was in that. She was. Yeah, so it's not really a fucking surprise. It's just been in the past two, maybe three Royal Rumbles. It's not really surprising, is it? They do with everyone, don't they? Lita comes back every Royal Rumble. Michelle McCool comes back every Royal Rumble. Trish Stratus comes back every Royal Rumble. It's the same people, but the surprise entrants aren't going to win it. No, no. All I can say about the Royal Rumble this year is you're going to see a lot of people pulling fucking double duty. 
And that's just the way it is. All right. Going back to the late 80s and early 90s of the Royal Rumbles, yeah, you've seen a lot of people call double duty. That was because the fact of the matter was that the roster wasn't very big back then and it wasn't big, it wasn't that big for a reason. I think now the nineties, early nineties it wasn't as big. But like even in the attitude era and even like just after or before, um you'd see like, for example, the New Age Outlaws defending their titles against the Acolytes. But then when the Royal Rumble came, all four of them were in the Rumble as well. Yeah. It's because they were finishing they were doing their storyline, but obviously their other storyline is can they win the Royal Rumble? Yeah, I, I don't think it was until uh, 2000s, maybe t- around about the late 2000s, 2010s, when you started seeing a lot of people didn't have to pull WWE. You know, you'd, you'd have someone defend the belt or have a match and then they weren't in the Royal Rumble uh, because they had a lot of people to go into the Royal Rumble. Hmm. But I think now is the time you're going to pull WWE or might not just even defend the belt We've got fucking Damien Priest on there, United States champion. So you might not even defend the belt at Royal Rumble. You'd just be an entrant in the Royal Rumble. Well, I think the United States and... Mm. I mean, the United States is defended on Raw. <laughs> know that. Um, but the Intercontinental just does nothing. I mean, that belt was... It's my favourite. Well, you know I've got the title belt, the yeah. Attitude Era one. And even the one before... And after when Cody Rhodes brought back the original, I do like that title. I don't like the new one, but they've ruined it. They've ruined the Intercontinental. It's, you know, you hold that championship, it means nothing. Oh, yeah. You look at the lineage of the Intercontinental, about like, the people that hold it. Uh, well, hold it. Tia Santana, Greg Hammer Valentine. Um, Pat Patterson. Yeah, Pat Patterson held that belt. Omar Warriors hold that belt. Match Amount hold that belt. Bret Hart's all that about Shawn Michaels, uh, Diesel, yeah, Razor Ramon, that about Razor Ramon, Owen Hart, Austin. There's the loads Rock. of people yeah, that you can list off that's held that belt and made that belt uh, a good workhorse belt for it to now not mean anything. It's just ridiculous, especially with that belt's got, and even the United States belt because mm-hmm. obviously bind up to W. That belt ties its legacy all the way back to fucking NWA with Jim Crockett and all the people that held that belt. People like uh, Rick Flair's held that belt, United States belt. Uh, Rick Rude's hold, held that belt. Uh, who else held that belt? You know, people like Eddie Guerrero held that belt in WWE. Yeah. Obviously in WWE. You've also had, uh, I think Sting's been United States champion. Booker T's been United States champion. There's, um, I'm sure Magnum TA's been United States champion as well. I want to say Magnum TA. But the, the, the thing I'm getting is you've got two belts there that's got a legacy stretching back, you know, a long yes. time. It's easy to the 70s, early 70s. You know, so it's nearly up there with WWE's main belt because WWE's main belt didn't come in until 63. So mm-hmm. they're, they're all on par, yet the designs look fucking terrible and they're not really getting... They've any, just got any, the... Any the, the, yeah. the God, the, the Intercontinental looks like the 24-7. Yeah. The United States is just 
rubbish. It's it's better than the it's better than the Intercontinental. It is better than the Intercontinental. That's one thing I will say. You know, it's better than the Intercontinental. But none of their belts, apart from the women's and the Universal, and obviously the main belt, look uniform. And what I mean by uniform is there's a, a, a theme to them. You look at AEW, you put it up against the men's belt, you can see a theme going there. Gold, it's a smaller gold version. Colors, yeah, gold. Diamonds all over it, plastered in fucking diamonds and rhinestones. There's a theme going there. Then you look at the TNT title and you look at the TBS women's title. Yeah, it's just a carbon copy, but again, there's a theme there. You look at the tag belts. Again, yeah. there's a theme going on with those belts. With, with AEW's bloated roster, they, you, like WWE used to, you categorize it into things. So Britt Baker is the women's champion. Jade Cargill is the TBS champion. But you'll find that the bigger names are like uh, Ruby Soho, Riho, you know, and those type of re- female wrestlers will go after the AEW. But then the, the littler ones, like um, you, um, oh, what's up? Jade, uh, not Jade Cargill, you had, say Penelope Ford and the Bunny, and Chris Statlander and all things like oh, that. Oh, like Ty Conti and all that go for the TBS. Yeah, they'll go for the TBS. They're obviously set into a category of where they fall. And it's the same as the men's, obviously. Like Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus are the tag team at the moment. Mm. But before give it before too long, Jungle Boy will be TNT champion. Oh, yeah. It'd be TNT and, once champion. He's been, and once he's been TNT champion, you move up. That's what happened with WWE. If you had... Like when we said The Rock, Austin, Triple H, Macho Man, and all those other people that won the Intercontinental, they went from the Intercontinental into the world picture. Yeah, because it That's was how a, you do it. Yeah. It's about building them up. Stepping stone, yeah. Obviously, Triple H, Rock, and Austin, and Macho Man, and all that wanted to build up. But then you got people like, say, Ken Shamrock that always stayed around the Intercontinental because they could see he was a good wrestler. But he wasn't to the extent of others. Yeah, well, I'm I'm going to use Bret Hart's uh, measuring stick here. So uh, if anyone listens to this, you can drop Bret Hart a message and say thanks for the measuring stick. But his his rule of wrestling is or wrestlers is uh, look, promo, and obviously your uh, your ring technique. Yeah. So they're the three mm-hmm. things he measures by, and it's out of ten for. So, you know, you could probably take Macho Man. So, Macho Man was a seven or an eight on promo, fucking at least a nine or a ten on look, just the way he looked. Probably say he was, uh, you know, a, a seven or eight wrestler. And cool. that's how you sort of look at it. So, if you look at people like Ken Shamrock, promo skills, a three or a four, look, you know, Trunks, you know, not much going on there. Probably wrestler, they could probably say a good six or seven. And then you look at people like Austin, promo, fucking eight or a nine. Look, okay, yeah, you but got him over. So we could probably say a six or a seven on that. Wrestling skill, seven or eight. But high numbers enough for him to get over and I, th- I think that's if you look at people 
now, especially in like AEW and WWE, you'll find some people that are good at at least maybe two things out of the three, and that could have a good run. Well, I spoke to uh, my other brother-in-law a couple of weeks ago. The least least known. (laughs) Yeah, the least known one. Um, about this, and he he was adamant that you could either do one of two things, like forgetting the look, it was wrestling promo. Um, and he was like, and, and to an extent, he's right. Most most guys who are great at wrestling aren't great on the microphone, and vice versa. But you know, going through it, Macho Man could wrestle. He was also good on the microphone. Yeah. Uh, more recently, John Cena. You know, he can wrestle. Yes, he has an limited set of moves, but then so did Goldberg and so does Hulk Hogan. But he could talk as well. And one that everyone knew, Jericho. Jericho could oh. talk on the mic and can wrestle very well. Before you uh, continue he... on, before you continue on, I'm going to say this about Hulk Hogan again. As much, I'm a big Hulk Hogan fan. You know this. Everyone else is going to listen to this. I'm a big Hulk Hogan fan. As much as people shit on his wrestling style, Okay, that wasn't down to him. That was down to WWE. If you watch his matches in Japan, Hogan matches in Japan, he's doing things like uh, flip over, arm bars, headlock takedowns, drop kicks, things like that. You never seen him do that in WWE. It was a case of punches, scoop slam, whole cut, punches off the rope, big boot, leg drop, job done. See. You know, pay me, fucking sort of thing. But that was the WD mentality. And obviously, that's what brings it back to it is WD mentality. If you look at people's wrestling styles compared to what they did in something like WWE, it's, it's not. If you look at Jericho's stuff in WWE towards the later part of, of his career, it's not fucking great wrestling. You look at his stuff in AW, actually pretty good. Hmm. And even if you look at stuff in East. His stuff there was shit up. I mean, obviously, he's got older, so his wrestling isn't great anymore. And I think that's what happened with Hogan as well, is by the time he got to WWE, he had already had his best years possible. Well, he had good years because, obviously, everything was Hulkamania. And I know where you're coming from. I was a massive Hulk Hogan fan growing up. He was my favourite. It changed a lot, but Hulk Hogan was always up there. And when I'm, I'm going to hit you Hogan, this right now. You know when Hogan joined WCW in nineteen ninety in oh uh, four. Yeah, ninety four. So I th- well, let's just say when you started the NWO. Ninety six. Yeah, ninety six. So around about ninety six, he was only forty years old. He joined WWE in nineteen eighty three. He was in his twenties. Best years behind him though. <laughs> best beers is beyond him. Anyway, let's crack uh, on anyway because you know anyway. it's fucking upsetting me. <laughs> so anyway, to finish off, favorite Royal Rumble. Yeah, get back on track. Mine was the Royal Rumble 2000, where um, the Rock won. Uh, obviously, it set up that storyline between him and the Big Show that the Rock's feet touched the floor first. Uh, which also led into WrestleMania, where it was The Rock versus Big Show versus Mick Foley versus Triple H for the championship. 
Um, reasoning, I like this Royal Rumble than the match itself, not the pay-per-view, um, would be that, obviously, you know, back then it was the Attitude Era still. You had, you know, favourite wrestlers of mine. I, I liked all of DX. So, obviously, having three members of DX in the ring, I like The Rock, you know, and just the element of it was actually a good, solid Royal Rumble. And, I mean, there has been others, but this one stands out. I mean... If you you know if you've seen it, you'll know. If you haven't, you need to watch it. Just the way the Rock before X Pac gets finally eliminated and the referee see it, he throws X Pac over the top rope, and I mean X Pac goes flat on his back when he hits the floor. It's not his feet or anything. He he hit. He literally he falls on his back after the Rock throws him over the ropes. The referees didn't see it. He gets back in. He eliminates Kane, and then the Rock eliminates him again, or Big Show eliminates him. I think actually, so yeah, um, there was stuff like that. Or it always stands out to me who my favorite member of DX was Road Dog, but in this match he cowardly holds on to the bottom rope most. But after eliminating the British Bulldog, he just holds on to the bottom rope until him and Mister Ass eliminate Al Snow, and then Mister Ass eliminates the Road Dog. You know, and obviously there's different bits in it that I actually like. Obviously, back then, you didn't know who was coming out at what number unless someone wrestled a match to get the number 30. Yeah. And whoever lost was getting number one or something like that. That was a time thingy. And obviously, that's my favourite Royal Rumble of all time. Um, like I said, if people are listening, you need to watch that one for, you know, for an actual good Royal Rumble. But yeah, that's my favourite. Okay, I, I, I tried to narrow it down because, yeah, I like the Royal Rumble. I wouldn't say like the Royal Rumble is like my favorite pay per view. I think my favorite pay per views would be like your Summer Slams, your Survivor Series, and your WrestleManias. Probably more like your WrestleManias. Um, but by the Royal way, Rumbles, just before we carry on, they're not pay per views anymore. They're premium live events. Oh, fuck, don't even start on that either. <laughs> don't even start on that again. Another episode with deep dive into that and the premium live event. But anyway, getting back to Royal Rumbles. Um, I've narrowed it down to three. Mm-hmm. Narrowed down to three. So, Royal Rumble 93, because obviously that's the change where it went from you won the Royal Rumble and you got money. Obviously, Royal Rumble 92 uh, for a different reason. That was crown the new champion, which Ric Flair won. But from mm-hmm. 93 onwards is when you started seeing people who won the Royal Rumble uh, getting total shots at WrestleMania. So 93 was won by uh, Yokozuna. So it came down to Yokozuna and Macho Man. Uh, obviously, Macho Man knocked down Yokozuna to top rope, diving elbow drop, and then for the bizarrest reason, went to go and pin him. But then oh, got, yeah, and he got thrown over the top yeah, rope. Yeah, got thrown over the top, yeah, gorilla pressed over the top rope <laughs> from the lying down <laughs> position. Um, so yeah, that was a good, uh, good Royal Rumble. Uh, Royal Rumble 1994, obviously, just because down to the elimination of both Bret Hart and Lex Luger, whereas all oh, who's won, you know, Lex Luger's won, Bret Hart's won, which led on to WrestleMania uh, 11. Mm-hmm. No, no, WrestleMania 11, WrestleMania 10. Fuck, where am I going? WrestleMania 10, <laughs> where you had um, 
obviously the flip of the coin to see who wrestles Yokozuna first, which was uh, Lex Luger, who lost. Yep. Uh, then ultimately, Bret Hart had a great match with uh, Owen Hart, and obviously got beaten yes. by Owen Hart, but went on later on that night to beat Yokozuna for the belt. So props to Yokozuna for pulling double duty, and so for Bret Hart. And then I'd probably say Royal Rumble 1997. But the simple fact is you had Austin who was eliminated, but the referee's never seen it. He came in and eliminated The Undertaker and Yokozuna. He eliminated then the British Bulldog and then I believe Bret Hart and won it. But it was disputed for the fact that he got eliminated, which led to the Final Four match at In Your House Final Four which was down to Bret Hart, The Undertaker, Vader and Austin. Um, mm. But when that came around, originally that was the face. Uh, but then as we know, Shawn Michaels had that fucking tear in his eye moment away he gave up the belt because he lost his smile, which then became for the championship, which Bret Hart won and then lost it. I think over the next night in Raw, the following week, to Psycho Sid, who then defended about to uh, Undertaker at WrestleMania 13. Which is also where Austin and Bret Hart had that uh, submission match and, Bret, uh, yeah. and Austin passed out where Bret won. Yeah. So, so they're like my, my top three. Okay, just before we finish, yep. why don't why isn't the Royal Rumble one of your favourites? <sighs> There's nothing. I've got nothing against the Royal Rumble. I like the Royal Rumble itself. For me, like you said, it's the road to WrestleMania. So I get more excited by, oh yeah, WrestleMania coming soon. And that's what it used to be like. Get pumped for that. But and when you look at the, the of all the pay-per-views, or main four, because I'm going to stick to the main four pay-per-views, not fucking pay-per-views, they're bad. WrestleMania always seems to be the one that you can come back to and it's you remember a lot more about it. The only thing I see is with WrestleMania, you've as many good ones as you've got, you've got as many bad ones. Now, to me, SummerSlam and WrestleMania are my least two favourite out of the big four because the Royal Rumble is my favourite. You've got a stipulation to a match. 30 men... In, uh, and women now in a match, whoever last one standing gets a title shot. Yeah, yeah. there's a there's a thingy to that. Survivor Series, although it was shit this year and it, it has been shit in other years, but it has a match. It's elimination styles. Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. NXT have joined in one year. You know, there's a there's a thing to brand supremacy. Which one's better, Raw or SmackDown? Now, now I know they have the draft and the draft is just before Survivor Series so it makes no sense that they'd want have any you know allegiances to that brand they're on but before that Survivor Series had a good um, it's got a, a theme to it WrestleMania yeah. and SummerSlam have no themes it's just matches which is why to me yes I, I like WrestleManias I like SummerSlams but they also don't have anything that's like money in the bank. Now it has a theme to its, you know, to the pay per view or the premium live event. WrestleMania's had so many good moments. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, end, I don't get like, wrong. End of an they era have. between Triple H and Undertaker 
or yeah. even the two WrestleManias with Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. Well, there's uh, been three with Triple H and Undertaker if you count them all. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, Hogan versus Warrior at WrestleMania yeah. six. Oh yeah, that's what I mean. I don't. The matches themselves are actually really good, and you know it's the end of an era, or you know the Intercontinental Champion versus the World Heavyweight Champion. And stuff like that. I get all that. And that's what I like. You know, I like certain matches from WrestleManias. It's just when you've got the Royal Rumble and Survivor Series, they have an actual stipulation. SummerSlam and WrestleManias don't. That's what I was saying. I like them. Don't get me wrong. And I like a lot of the matches from WrestleMania. You know, if we did a show on our best shows, um, best WrestleMania matches, we could be here a very long time. Oh, yeah, we could be a hell of a lot more than what we've been here at the moment. Yeah, I, will say but... this, I will say this about Survivor Series. Survivor Series is okay. Survivor Series did give us the debut of the Undertaker. Now, the actual Survivor Series match itself, it's, you know, the four-on-four. Four. Yeah, there's been some good ones. Now, one match, I wish if they had it at Survivor Series, instead of having it at an in-your-house pay-per-view, was the Canadian Stampede, where you had the Hart Foundation taking on, uh, I believe... It was uh, the Road Warriors, Goldust, and Vader. Yeah, that really vaguely rings a bell. But I would have seen like, the Half Foundation at the Survivor mm. Series. Right, I know we had Brett versus Sean. Well, it started on 4 on 4, didn't it? Survivor Series. It's now yeah, 4 on 4, and five then, five. It went, then it went down to 3 on 3. And, then and now it's going to 5 on 5. Yeah, now 5 on 5. It'll be 6 on 6 soon. That's where they start off at five and five, and then we're down to four and four. The one oh. that they just had, the ones that they've had recently has been five on fives. Uh, five females versus five fe- females, and then same with the men's. But then when NXT joined in, there was 15 women around the ring and 15 men around the ring, obviously over the three different brands and stuff. But yeah, I think like that's why. Royal Rumble to me is my favourite. It's a stipulation to a match. But if you want greatest matches of all times, WrestleMania wins hands down for the matches. It was just a stipulation. Royal Rumble wins hands down. That's all. Oh, yeah. Survivor Series started off as a 4 and 4. Survivor Series, like I said, for stipulation, it's the second in the top four for me. Um, then WrestleMania, then SummerSlam. But if you go by matches, like excluding the Royal Rumble match itself and excluding the elimination matches from Survivor Series, WrestleMania and SummerSlam put on better matches because, you know, you go to a big four, it normally ends the storyline. Or in WWE, it carries it on. Um, but that's what I'm saying. So in terms of matches, high-profile matches, SummerSlam and WrestleMania win. But for an actual themed match, Survivor Series and Royal Rumble for me. Okay. Oh, okay. We'll leave it at that. Right, remember, folks, if you want to listen to all the latest wrestling news here with me and my partner, the Sheriff of Wrestling, remember, subscribe, check in. You got any questions? Stop it. We're not answering them. And remember, 
We are the best in wrestling news, the best in wrestling podcasts, and we're just a three count away from your ears.